I don't care who you play, whether it's a high school team, a junior college team, a college team, much less an NFL team. We're dialed in. You know, we're dialed in. We're ready to go. This is a significant battle um, early in the year. It means a lot, and uh, both teams will be ready to play. The Colts had a promising drive working, and they turn it over with an interception. It definitely made me think, and I mean, Bowen, every time I freaking read or listen to Bowen, it's like a constant freaking barrage of, of, of uh, wideouts. <laughs> James Robinson with a 37-yard touchdown run. Loud and proud. Ryan stays in the game. He's going to air it out, and that pass is intercepted. We couldn't do diddly-poo offensively. And the Colts have fired three interceptions today, and they've turned over on downs twice, and the misery continues. Uh, a very poor showing in every way. Coaching did a horrible job. The players did a horrible job. We got our ass kicked. Oh, Kevin, welcome back. Really easing back into this, right? <laughs> you know, nice, calm start to the season here. The phone lines are already lighting up, Jake. <laughs> 701 on this Monday morning. Yeah, I'm happy to be back, and I do say that in all seriousness. I, I love what I do, um, but certainly watching that yesterday, I thought to myself, you know, Maddie, I sat there on the couch and I said, Maddie. When Max's first football game was Notre Dame-Marshall, I thought, is there any way we could put him back in the womb just for a little bit longer? Okay. Okay. And then, you know, watching that one yesterday, I thought, you know what? I love you a lot, honey, but, I mean, this is what we're exposing him to so far in his young football life. And uh, it felt like I was changing diapers for three hours, even though I wasn't watching that SH and I'll let you finish uh, that type of performance. Yesterday. You had seen your fair share of that already. I had, uh, certainly had. Um, just you sit here right now, Jake, and you go back to the last two games of last season, and in my 32 years of watching the Colts, it's arguably the most embarrassing four-game stretch of football I've ever seen. I think yesterday might have been, and I want to be very clear about this, uh, and good morning to you, by the way, that is the newly fathered of a son kevin bowen congratulations kevin your son max or maxwell just max yeah we're going max maxwell on the birth certificate but yeah max maxwell bradley bowen little max um so he was born was it friday yeah friday early friday at 3 16 in the morning it was a wild thursday night we can we can get into that a little bit later but yeah my mom asked for uh, a photo, which I forwarded the photo that you sent. Oh, nice! Uh, and she well, said she has my number. Did she not want to just text me directly? <laughs> she, you know, she wants to respect boundaries. Uh, her direct quote: uh, "He is adorable and a chubby fellow." Mm. Well, I think my wife would take that as a compliment. Uh, yeah, birth weight seven pounds and nine ounces. That's yeah, pretty good, good. And healthy average, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Angles, angles of photos, yeah, right? Sure, right, for right. Angles and yeah. lighting. Yeah. Uh, so that has a double chin, depending on the angle that, that you go with there. So, and you, you know, you did what the Colts did, which was you just flat out checked out for the week, right? Yeah, I, um, I did that. Um, and honestly, it started Sunday. It started in in week one. That performance, I think, that's what really stands out to me right now, Jake, is what you've had to play for. Whether it was when the Raiders were coming to your building. 
with two games to go last season, a playoff berth on the line, you're a touchdown favorite in that game. The trip to Jacksonville to end last year, a two-touchdown favorite in that game. And then you you simmer on that for eight, nine months. Simmer on it. And the performance you had in Houston for three quarters, and then yesterday. Yesterday is a fireable type of offense. It is, frankly. When Matt Taylor just used the word fired there in that open, I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, is he um, letting us know something that could be on the horizon? I don't think it'll happen, but... If that sort of email came across my inbox, I would sit here and just kind of shrug my shoulders and say, well, these performances would lead to something like that. Kevin, it is important, I think, to always stop and 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 think about after a game, and I do get a little bit amused by, and I totally understand it, and I don't mean this condescendingly, but like fan reactions. I mean, during the course of the game, I'm looking at social media and I mean, it, you know, people are just in the first half going bonkers. And I'm thinking if they come back and win this in the second half, then it's going to be nothing but like, here we go. Greatest team ever. You know what I mean? And like, and listen, 17 weeks is a long time. And if you think back to last year, there were times like when hard knocks was in here coming off the new England game. I remember thinking, you know, a lot of people thinking like this might be the best team in the league. At one point last year, there were people that or you know, this is the most dangerous team in the AFC. Nobody wants to face Indianapolis. So a lot of things can happen over the totality of a season. So the first two weeks are not necessarily a guaranteed to be representative of what the Colts in 2022 are going to be. However, if you were a season ticket holder or are a season ticket holder, if you're a fan of the Colts, if you just enjoy football in general, that was a totally inexcusably embarrassing, flat, ill-prepared, running into one another, Keystone Cops, disappointing, letdown performance that was absolutely an insult to anybody who spends their money to watch that crap product of a bunch of people that don't appear in any way, shape, or form yesterday to have cared what the hell they were supposed to be doing. And the issue, Jake, is that exact phrase that you just uttered could have been said following week 18 in Jacksonville last year. That exact phrase could have been said for three quarters of the season opener in Houston. That is the worry. This is not a one-off. This is a trend now of you're going back to the two games to end last season and now the two games to start this season. And from an owner on down, it starts at the top. This is an owner on down Jim Mercer has treated Chris Bowden and Frank Reich that they are the greatest pairing of a GM and head coach that the NFL has ever seen. He gave them contract extensions that were not warranted whatsoever to start last season. And from the owner extending this leash and acting like they have these decorated resumes that deserve statues next to Peyton Manning outside of Lucas Oil Stadium, he's created this perception that everything is fine and well within his organization. And yet these performances to end last season with everything on the line to go to the postseason and now to start this year with two of your on paper easier games you'll have all season long to have those types of performances is a disgrace. And if I'm a cold season ticket holder and I look at the rest of this season and think to myself, wait, I can sell my tickets to the Chiefs game and make back what type of money? I would have no issue. And I 
am all about fandom and all about creating awesome environments, but I would have no issue with any fan that sits there right now and thinks about Sunday afternoon of the home opener and thinks, why the hell do I want to go to that? Why the hell should I waste my time going to that when this is what I've had to witness now for four games? This is not a one-off. This is four straight games that we've seen this type of effort. You know, I agree with all of that. Here's the the thing to me, and I I sent a tweet, that, and I, I thought that people would have understood what I was saying, so I apologize if I wasn't overly clear in this. This, to me, is what was the most damning for the Colts franchise yesterday. Aside from going out and get, and listen, it's entirely possible that Jacksonville is greatly improved. They got a great defense. I don't know about great, but they have a very active defensive line. They gave Trevor Lawrence time to work, and you saw, I've said all along. God, how pathetic was that pass rush? To, it was non existent, right? But Trevor Lawrence, when you give him time, Kevin is a pretty darn good quarterback, right? I mean, I realize they, that you should rush him, and it's against only against the Colts when he gets that kind of time for whatever reason. And that, and that phrase, so we're right there, Jake. Like, does Trevor Lawrence have talent? Yes, but Jake, you have watched him probably more than I think a lot of people have in the NFL. You right. College wise, you obviously watch him a ton. Jake, he's been a very average NFL quarterback, and th- and that might be a compliment. Like it just right. has, but against this team, Matt Eberflus defense to end last season, Gus Bradley defense yesterday. You have given Trevor Lawrence hope right out of the gate. That opening drive yesterday, he completes that first third and long, and I literally said out loud, oh my, here we go again. Perfect opening drive, and now Trevor Lawrence sits there and gets back in the locker room and thinks, when is that second Colts game? Because I'd love to see them next week. Well, no doubt about that. Um, So, But all of that to be said, a year ago when the Colts lost to Jacksonville, starting at the top, we were told what the issue was. We were told that the predominant issue was the leadership or lack thereof of Carson Wentz. And we were told that the other things, they knew what was wrong and we didn't. By we, I mean fans, media, whatever else. And they they were going to be able to make the right changes because they were going to be all chips in. Okay. So you go now to Jacksonville. We get another video outside an airplane wearing, I think, the same sport coat. We get the video at dinner where Jim Irsay mispronounces the name of their first-round draft pick or their their first draft pick. That was awkward. Um, I guess they're all kind of awkward. And then they go out and listen. I don't know Chris Ballard. I, I know him from having him on this radio show. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's arrogant. And I think when he comes on here, for example, he acted like the smartest guy in the room. And that's fine because he's the general manager of a football team. So it's our job to let him talk and tell fans why his plan is going to work. And it still may. That's the thing. It still may. But when you come on here and you act like a smug jerk, then you better expect that all of a sudden when everything that you condescendingly giggled at people about for bringing into question is non-existent, you're going to be called to the carpet on it. And everybody in this town, and I don't mean the two of us and John and, and you know, Greg Doyle, everybody in this town from the guy ringing you out at Kroger to the guy working you, you know, pulling you through at Crew Car Wash to the gal at your gym, every single person's like, are they going to get wide receivers? 
And yes, they had two players injured yesterday. You know what they ended up with? Eight catches for 126 yards. Every single person from the entire receiving core. Eight catches for 126 yards for wideouts. So yeah, is there a constant barrage of wideouts? Yes. And everybody in this town knew that left tackle was a question mark. Oh, we got it under control. We we know what we're talking about. Turnstile. Absolute turnstile. And Kevin, everybody in this town knew eventually, yeah, it sucks that Andrew Luck retired unexpectedly. That was like 20 years ago. And everybody knew eventually, every team that you're looking at right now in the NFL that has good quarterback play went out and got it, got after it and got themselves a quarterback. The Colts went out and thought they were going to get Phillip Rivers, and they might have ended up with Kerry Collins. Who knows? you got to give the guy time before we can evaluate what, what Matt Ryan can do. But are we just going to replace it every two years? Eventually, your mechanic says to you, like, look, you got 135,000 miles on the car. you got to get a new car. And so everything that we were told was the problem that was going to be solved were all of the things that popped up yesterday and second verse, same as the first. Don't don't call me a fool, right? Don't sit here and, and, and say the same thing to me twice in two different languages and then tell me that I have language comprehension problems if you're giving me the same message that's flat-out BS, right? Yeah, I think there's um... – a ton of validity in what you just said. Um, you know, a stubbornness with roster building. Um, I think an unwillingness to sit there and ask the question of how do you win in the NFL in 2022? It's a question I asked him back in January at the season ending press conference. I, I don't think he's challenged himself enough with that question, Jake. Um, I mean, let's be frank, you know, one week old Max Bowen could look at the wide receiver depth chart and realize that issues are there. Like it, it, that is the easiest thing to have spotted in the current regime of of the Colts. That was beyond obvious. When I saw Michael Pittman was out, I'm like, okay, well, here you go. This will once again prove why I believe Michael Pittman's the most indispensable player on the team. Um, you had one catch from your wideout group in the first 28 minutes of the game yesterday, Jake. Desmond Patman, a massive third down drop. Mike Strawn with a false start penalty or legal formation, I don't even know what it was, uh, got you behind the chains, led to a punt. Uh, Paris Campbell's first contribution in the box score, Jake, a fourth-quarter offensive pass interference penalty. But, and it, Here's what was astounding to me. It was a pass interference where he was not the target, right? Yeah, like one of those you know, pick plays, <laughs> r- r- rub routes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Pass interference. Indianapolis, and I'm like, wait a minute, it, he what? It wasn't even going to him. Yeah, he's not pushing off to make a play on the ball for himself. Um, and you bring up left tackle, and we can get into this, you know, uh, more. Left tackle to me has been mismanaged more than probably any other position on this roster. From the moment Anthony Costanzo injured his hamstring to start that 2018 season, and missed five games, and you saw the issues you had there. That had to have sent a giant red flag throughout that organization of, guys, Costanzo's durability, you know, it, it, maybe it's waning a little bit. He's getting older. We know this guy has a lot of off-the-field interest. What about retirement? He starts flirting with that next offseason. He signs a two-year contract. They continue to not draft a tackle, not draft a tackle, not draft a tackle. And now here you are believing that Matt Pryor, a day-three pick at a position that was not left tackle, could handle that with the statue at quarterback and you get what you asked for 
at that spot. So again, from Jim Ursay to Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, there's a level of me, Jake, that I sit here and think NFL players should just have enough self-motivation week in and week out to go out and do their jobs. And Kenny Moore right now for a guy that chirped in the offseason and wanted a new contract. That's the effort that we've seen now through the first couple games of the season. But I look at Frank Reich's football team and think again, playing for a playoff berth in the final two games last year, an eight-year week one drought last week, a seven-year drought in Jacksonville, and those are the efforts of Frank Reich's football team. He cancels practice last Friday. (laughs) Jake, you've been around the NFL. The best week of practice they've had, Kevin. You've been around the NFL a lot longer than I have. I have never seen a team plan, go into a week, and cancel a Friday practice in week two of the NFL season. We're not talking week 14 and your injury report has 17 guys on it or a short week or hell. I mean, I don't know, maybe during one of those COVID games, they had a Friday practice canceled. I've never seen it. And I think way too much Frank Reich falls into his offensive play calling bubble and forgets that he's the head coach of the football team. He's the CEO. He's supposed to oversee all of it and does not have enough accountability for what's going on defensively to let that performance happen to Trevor Lawrence like it did yesterday and just in general to have his team, whether it's a stale message from him that's playing into it, but have his team under such listless performances like we've seen now for four straight games. Did you find it peculiar that we really didn't hear from Jim Mercer after the game other than a video of him handing out signed footballs? Yeah, I, I thought there was a chance we would hear from him. Um, but yeah, it looked like what just a golf cart ride, and then talking to some fans that were at the yeah. game. I know a lot of people have asked me, Jake, in the last you know twelve, sixteen hours. Do you think Frank Reich and or Chris Ballard will be fired? Um, I don't. I, I don't I, either. I, I'd probably put it around twenty percent. Um, this is obviously a topic we can get into a little bit more later. Like, you know, week two firing it sends a message, but like what you know. Does all of a sudden Bubba Ventrone as your interim head coach mean that everything's going to get turned around? Does John Fox taking over for Frank Reich mean that you right. know things are going to turn around? Like, it's it's a little early to throw in the towel, yes. And if you want to drink glass, glass half full, I mean, Jake, the AFC South's a joke. Tennessee will lose to Buffalo tonight, and you'll be two weeks into the season. Right. And one win for the whole freaking division. <laughs> one win against the against, against the, the division. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's just God it's bless incredible. the AFC South. God, I have said it so many times. God bless the AFC South. Uh, a lot to talk about. A lot to break down over the course of the morning. Uh, obviously, sticking with almost entirely the Colts team. Jeff Saturday is going to join us. Do we know Mark what time? Around nine thirty. <laughs> I, I took a big you. bite of a granola Did bar. I and he asked you me a question. Bite there? What's Twenty going minutes. On? Nothing. Listen, the <laughs> second I take a bite of a granola bar, hey, you got any thoughts? <laughs> Unlike the Colts, Mark decided to take a bite out of something this morning, right? <laughs> now you guys both kind of rolled your eyes at me when I said, you know, I debated or asking Maddie if we could put Max back in the womb. <laughs> Was that too harsh? That's an image I don't really want at 719 in the morning. That would be unprecedented, wouldn't it? It, it, Well, well, I would argue this stretch of four games from the Colts have been a bit. That's fair. That'd be a hell of a hospital, Bill. I'm sorry, Mark. What what did you say on Jeff Saturday? 930 is what we're expecting. Okay, so Jeff Saturday around 930 this morning, and I assume we'll have 
uh, phone calls as well. And then I, I think in about 15 minutes or so, both of us can give more of a calm down breakdown analysis of just kind of what happened or what led to it. I don't it. know how you can be calm, Jake. And I get it. Um, and, you know, I think, Kevin, you'll probably take a harder look at what took place between the lines, and, and I'll probably do some sort of weird Freudian thing as to how psychologically we got to this point. But it was – listen, I've seen a lot of disappointments when it comes to pro football in this town over the last 25 years. That might be – that is as big as any. I've seen, you know, between – there are different levels and different variations of disappointment – you know, the ball bouncing off Aaron Bailey's chest into Three Rivers Stadium's yeah. turf. The, 62 to nothing to the Saints yeah, on Monday Night Football. Vanderjat wide right, you know, uh, Curtis Painter on Monday Night Football. I mean, there have been a lot of things, but um, that was one of the most embarrassing and, quite frankly, one of the biggest insults. That's the biggest I would say is that was an insult. And to add to it, it's not a one-off. It's not a one-off. You go back, and I, I was thinking about this on the drive-in, and this is just off the top of my head. You had the Raiders in your building two weeks ago in the season last year. You were a seven-point favorite. Lost by three. You were a 14-point favorite in the season finale last year in Jacksonville. I think you backdoored that one to lose by 15. Week one, what did it end up being? Seven-point favorite in Houston. You tied, so that's zero. Yesterday, three-point favorite. Lost by 24. So if you take the differences... Trying to do this math off the top of my head. I should. How is math going? By the way, I meant to text you. Algebra. Uh, midterm. Um, oh, yeah, I got a midterm today, so or actually tomorrow. Ten, twenty-nine, seven, and twenty-seven. You add that up, Jake. Seventy-three. Yeah, I, think I, might, I actually think I might be right. Um, no. Well, sixty-three. I think. What'd you say? Ten, twenty-nine, seven, and twenty-seven. Um. 73, isn't that what I said? I thought it was 63. Well, 10 and 29 is 39, right? 7 is 46. Said, yeah, good call. 46 yeah. plus 27 is 73. Think about that. Four Mark games. Mark seems impressed. Very impressive. <laughs> that, 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 there wasn't that much was to be impressed sharp. about this weekend. Oh, no. That was impressive. <laughs> Boy, when I was looking at Max's raccoon eyes at 4 a.m. today, I, I was not thinking I'd be crunching those numbers uh, in three hours. 73 points. If you go off what Vegas thought in these four games, playoff berth on the line in the last two games of last season, the drought of week one, the drought in Jacksonville, you have been outscored by 73 points in four straight games. Not good.